Welcome in line of logic. This is Alex Ramazowski coming at you for the 2019 Open Championship, the final major of the year. Crazy. Crazy that it's currently July 16th and we're we're talking the final major of the year. The FedEx Cup playoffs start in 3 weeks. I believe there are only four more tor tournaments after the Open before we get to playoff season. New schedule continues to continues to make things interesting, make things a little more it's just going by quick. It's going by quick and there's not much more to say. Um, honestly, it's uh it's it's gonna be strange when uh, mid August rolls around and everything's a little different. But the beauty of golf, the beauty of the PGA Tour, is they're, they're always back. They're right around the corner. It's going to be a little more of a layoff this year, but then uh, the end of September will come around and we'll jump right back in and you're there for another 11 months. you got to love that. So without further ado, the 2019 Open Championship in Portrush, Northern Ireland at Royal Portrush Golf Club. It's what everyone's talking about right now. The field is exactly what you would expect. Uh, it's always a really fun one to try to dig into for DFS and betting purposes. You get so used to just digging into the PGA Tour, just looking at these same guys. There are quite a few people who cover the Euro Tour, but it's, there's, I mean, a lot of factors that kind of make it a little more difficult to fully kind of take in everything that both tours have to offer. Some players we see going back and forth, but the Euro Tour has less information in general out there, less stats out there, and... For people like you and me, chances are we're following the PGA Tour 80% of the time. So there's going to be a lot of names, a lot of very talented golfers, a lot of people who have a, a good chance to, to really make a run this week who I think that's where we're going to be able to find an edge this week. It's just, it's one of those... It's what I really like about the Open Championship is if you really do your homework, if you do your work, if you know these guys and know what you're talking about, it's an immediate leg up on a large, large portion of the field because a lot of people are just going to be defaulting to the PGA Tour names that they know, the guys that they've been seeing doing okay out there. And if you've only been paying attention for the past few weeks or if you're basing uh, most of your lineups or most of your research on recent history, recent form, that can probably hurt you because some of these bigger names haven't played in a couple weeks. We haven't really seen them since the U.S. Open or some of them have been out playing that Irish Open or the Scottish Open. So we're not, we're not just looking at the John Deere Classic and the 3M. It's going to go a little deeper than that. And then really it's, it's major championship golf and we all know that there are certain players that can kind of step up to these big tournaments. There's other players that historically haven't been able to, who can break through, 
who's new and has a chance. So there's a lot to think about and a lot to talk about here. So we'll start off by jumping into the course. We got a full field of 156 people. This is Royal Portrush again in Northern Ireland, home of Rory McIlroy, home of Graham McDowell. There's some interesting little connections here and there. Some guys who have uh, typically played well at Lynx courses or in Ireland specifically. So I'll uh, get into that. So Royal, Royal Portrush, like I just mentioned, is, I mean, it's a Lynx course. It's, it, when you think of Lynx golf, this is pretty much it. If you're thinking of St. Andrews, you can kind of take that, add more hills, more undulations, smaller greens, and then maybe slow it down a little bit. St. Andrews is a super fast course. You see all sorts of different strategies kind of being used there with the putting from 30 yards off the green and, you know, hitting three irons from 280 yards and having them roll 30 yards out into into greens. I don't believe we're going to be seeing quite as much of that this week, but the fescue's there, the long rough is there. The out-of-bounds that kind of just appears out of nowhere is there. So the guys that either have a, a way of knowing the ins and outs of this course or who have been successful in Ireland or just have shown us something in Lynx Golf, all people I'm going to be interested in. That's just about all I have on the course, it's it's over 7,300 yards. So it's a long course, but when you're talking links, you're going to get the roll. So it's not necessarily just a, just a bomber's course or anything like that. It's par 71. It's four par threes, 11 par fours, three par fives. So it's not, not really much to dive into, but the beauty of it is this field is so strong. And we know the guys that show up for majors. And I think... Being smart about that and then also being different and setting yourself apart from a large field GPP by playing even one, even one name off the Euro Tour who who is different than what most people are going to be playing. If you see uh, Patrick Reed is super cheap this week. Uh there, there are some PGA Tour players out there who I my jaw dropped at where they're priced this week, and I think a ton of con- ton of ownership concentration is going to be right around these few guys. And I think if you can steer clear of them, you're going to be able to be unique, unique enough to maybe go with some chalk up top. And if things fall into the right place. That could that could work out for you. I always say you just need one or two guys under. You want someone under ten percent. You want someone under five percent. If you get someone in the in the low single digits, that's what you need to set yourself apart in a large field GPP, like the Millionaire Maker. And if you're multi-entering, don't be afraid to take some risks. Don't necessarily use all of your salary. The pricing this week is actually interesting. It it leaves for for room, kind of like how 
I mean, DraftKings is known for it with major pricing. They just kind of let you play whoever you want. But this week, I would say, is a little tighter than normal. So I think that could also be used to your advantage. Um, so we got a lot to break down here. Uh, we haven't seen this golf course in the professional golf realm in quite some time. It's hosted one major, and that was a long time ago. Not even a reason to mention it. And then we saw it in the 2012 Irish Open, which is also seven years ago. It's a little bit of a different course back then. And other than that, you got to look at Lynx courses. You got to look at how these guys perform in majors. And then where they're priced and where ownership is going. I think those are some of the biggest biggest points to uh, kind of keep in mind while building your lineups. So let's go ahead and jump into the field here. Up top, you got Rory. Rory, who grew up 60 miles from Portrush, Northern Ireland. He shot a 61 here as a 16-year-old. So he knows the course. I mean, I'd be surprised if we saw anyone shoot a 61 here this week. That would be... Um, I'd say there's absolutely no shot of that happening. And I don't think Rory's going to do that. And then again... It is also set up for the open, and it's going to play much more difficult. So, but Rory, I mean, he's been on his game. He's been he's been having a year. We haven't really seen him hoist trophies, but I mean, his open history, his finishes this year, he disappears for a while. You don't think about him. You don't hear his name, and then he comes back and he's top five, T nine at the U.S. Open. Before that, he won the RBC. Open-wise, T2, T4, T5 first. He's finished in the top five each of his last four starts at the Open. So if someone is comfortable playing in the Open, it's Rory. It's a shame that he's priced at 11.6 and that everyone is going to want a piece of him. Going beyond that, I think even if you haven't looked at a single thing this week, you could probably guess the next two names, Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson. Two more guys you could probably talk all night about. Brooks, who doesn't practice unless it's for a major, and DJ, who hasn't looked his best this summer. He's, he just hasn't had a great couple months, which is interesting, but you love seeing him priced at 10-9. Can't complain about that at all. So, honestly, that is just very, very tempting to me. But I don't know if there's something something off with DJ, if he doesn't have the motivation that he had previously. But his finishes just haven't been where, where they once were. Brooks, however, it's almost becoming... I mean, it's ridiculous. It's every single major we talk about it. It's every single regular tournament that he's in, we talk about it. Regular tournament, expect him to sort of disappear, maybe finish top 30 quietly and be done. Major, expect him to be in it on Sunday afternoon, making a run to win, almost just expect him to win. 
So up top, I mean, if we're talking up top, up top, I mean, it's Rory and Brooks for me. That's I hate saying it because it's number one and two there. DJ would be the obvious fade, and that's extremely difficult. So you're going to have to choose your spots here, or you could just jump on down and hope to kind of strike rich elsewhere. It's 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 major talk here. Anything above kind of I put it at the nine three range this week. Anything nine three and above is it's tough. It's tough to break down. Anything ten and above, that's even tougher. John Rahm coming off a win at the Irish Open. He just won in Ireland against a strong field. And honestly, you you love to see that. I I wanna be all over Rom here. But historically, he struggled quite a bit at the open. He's never top placed in the top 40. 10-6. No top 40s at the open. I like to think, who cares? We know he can perform in majors. We know he can play in Ireland. We know he can play on Lynx courses. I would be okay with starting a lineup with him. If people are scared off of him because of his tournament history, then just that's an advantage. Take it and run. Tiger Woods, I think he could he could win this thing. He could also go into the the fadeaway, start slow, get a few bogeys, struggle to to make your birdie putts and Sometimes he starts off slow Thursday, Friday, and then surges on the weekend. I haven't formed a strong opinion yet. And ever since Tiger Woods has been back and doing what he's doing, I have found it just extremely hard to to kind of nail down. It's it's difficult. I kind of up until the Masters, I was a fade Tiger and... You know he's going to be super high-owned in every tournament these days. So if you're talking Millie Maker, you're talking another large-field GPP, I would say keep on moving. It's it's so tough up here because, again, you could make a case for a lot of these guys. So I'm going to start to get a little choosy here. My next favorite couple guys here, Justin Rose at 9-9 and then Molinari at 9-4. Molinari, he's just so consistent. And if this golf course is difficult, how we kind of expect it to be, he's a grinder, he avoids bogeys like it's his job, and he just continues to stand out well in that respect. I love watching him at majors because once he's up there, if you don't have him, you are shaking because it's it's so unlikely that he's going to crack and once he's there, he stays there and he grinds. And I love watching that. Xander, Ricky, two more guys that I just always want to play in majors, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. Xander, 2018 runner-up in the Open. He has two wins this year. He has four top fives and a top six in 10 career starts at major championships. It's like a, it's like an up and coming young Brooks Kepka. It's truly crazy because I still don't think he gets an, as much recognition as he should probably deserve. 
We haven't really seen him play since the U.S. Open. But hey, he finished T3 in the U.S. Open. I saw him out there playing practice rounds. He's there. He's doing his thing. Xander is always a great play in the majors. Ricky, if you know me, you know I'm going to have a piece of him. He's going to win a major eventually. And if he doesn't, well, well, then I'll just be wrong my entire life. Jumping down from there, you got two people who are probably going to end up pretty chalky, JT and Patrick Cantlay. Justin Thomas, who has had a, pretty much a dud of a year, seems to finally be getting over the injury, finally coming back into form. He played in the Irish Open. Scottish Open. And I am happy. Troubles. Problem of the solo podcast. You gotta find things quick. Scottish Open. Justin Thomas finished T9, so that's last week. T9 last week. He's clearly coming back into form. Clearly over the injury. He's out there. He's grinding. He was also out there uh, on social media in his Practice rounds there, T20 at the RBC, T36 at the Travelers. Took a few weeks off, two weeks off. Scottish Open, right up there near the top. I mean, that's the trajectory you want to see out of someone. I hope you placed your outright on him a few weeks ago because he had some ridiculous odds. I saw him at 40 to 1, 45 to 1. If you got that. That's awesome. I think you will be watching him on Sunday. Patrick Cantlay has been like the definition of consistent for an entire year now. So, yeah, I mean, these guys at 9-1 and 9,000 on DraftKings, you have to expect them to garner some serious ownership. Jordan Spieth, the one thing I will say about him is he is historically amazing at the Open. He had a terrible year last year, then finished T9 at the Open. He was right in there the year before that. It's like, oh, he finally won 2017. He won the Open. He just, uh, something about him and the links and the kind of windy, crappy conditions. Um, weather this week doesn't actually not look that terrible wind-wise. Uh, on and off rain, though, another... Um, Factor toward the course not being quite as fast as you might expect being like a coastal links course. I'm going to steer clear of him. I think people are like interested in him again. And I would much rather jump on down to Adam Scott and Matt Kuchar at 8-8 and 8-7. Scott has been a large letdown for me major wise. It was T7 in the U.S. Open. And that I believe was from a... Very strong Sunday in which he eventually kind of didn't pull through. Gary Woodland just, uh, I mean, he was just solid all week, especially on the weekend. Uh, And Adam Scott was missing three-foot putts, now I recall, with his broomstick. So if I had to choose someone out of this uh, high eights, it'd, it'd be Kuchar. He loves the open. Historically, guys who win this over 35 years old, another great thing. Um, you could throw Adam Scott in that category too. Jason Day, just one thing I have to note. 
is that his caddy, Tiger's previous caddy, is very familiar with the track, and that could help him quite a bit. We mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Didn't really do a ton for him, but he did finish T21 at the U.S. Open. This is kind of just as we go, person by person here, proving that the names seem to excel at the majors, and I don't think this week is going to be any different. Jumping down, you know, I put this on, it's a good time to plug patreon.com slash lineup logic. Go over there and sign up. I believe it's $10. You're going to get all of our content, Slack chat, ton of MLB, NBA, NFL is about to start. God bless. Good luck. I'm sticking to golf. NFL comes around. Man. Just getting excited. Just just the slight thought of it while I'm sitting here talking about the open. Anyway. Cheat sheet. You're going to get a cheat sheet and a model that I put out every single week. Hideki at 8-5. I haven't heard his name mentioned a single time. He's been pretty on and off in terms of the Open Championship. But the guy's been rock solid all season. He's still not getting to the point of the top five or wins or regular good finishes at big tournaments or majors. And, I mean, I would honestly put him on like a sneakier, quieter Ricky Fowler path. And he's priced at 8500 haven't heard his name if you can get some good ownership on Hideki Matsuyama that would be my sleeper of the week because you you go a couple names under here and you're looking at a little more chalk Henrik Stenson Paul Casey Gary Woodland I like all of them Henrik is my favorite but I also think he's going to be the chalkiest Paul Casey disappointed a lot of people in the Masters but he's an Englishman He knows this kind of golf course. He's had a good season. And he's also trending up after a T21 at the U.S. Open into a T5 at the Travelers. Took a couple weeks up, got out there. I don't think that's a bad play. I think Stenson is a better play, but I could see him 35% owned in the Millionaire Maker. Gary Woodland. I mean... I don't know what else to say other than the fact he just won at Pebble Beach. He can compete with the best. He can beat the best. He hits the ball a mile. He's kind of like a nicer, softer-spoken Brooks and DJ that struggles around the green sometimes. And if he figures this out, I think the confidence is there, and I think he could do it again. You never know. He has been great for almost two full years now. And he's still priced at 8200 I mean, Matsuyama, Woodland, guys aren't getting enough respect here. Hopping on down, 8000 Louis Oosthuizen is just a major beast. An open beast. Thought I had some notes on him. I don't think I do. Honestly, I... On a, the Irish Open, I believe he actually just played. I was going to say just play him, but I'd like to give you a reason to. All right, T46 at the Irish Open. That's minus two, two weeks ago. And he took the week off at the Scottish Open. 
that's perfect Ustazen right there. People are afraid because he likes to WD with injuries. He's not going to do that from the open. He screwed a lot of people over over a long period of time. But he shows up and he plays and he plays well for majors, especially when they're not in the States. Louis Eustace, 8,000. I don't think he's ever going to be overly high-owned. Go ahead and do it. I I am fully into it. Into the sub-8,000s. First name on the list is Graham McDowell. Graham McDowell is a native of Portrush. And he... Last week said that he has played Royal Portrush 300 to 500 times. That is a lot of times. I'm 27 years old. I've been playing golf since I was 7 or 8 years old. And for the first 15 years of playing golf, I was playing at the same course. And I'm not sure I played it 300 to 500 times. That's a lot of golf at this course. He knows it. Finished T8 at the RBC. He won in Punta Cana this year, given that is not a great field, but it's still a win. He won in South Africa to qualify for the Open, even though he was already qualified. He won at the, technically, the qualifier. I mean, hey. Brian McDowell, Louis Eustazen. 8,700. You could you could plug those two guys in with uh, uh, some Hideki and Woodland, and you could have a – you're right around average with all four of those guys. You're looking uh, – I mean, that's interesting. I'd like, I'd like to get a uh, Tiger or a Molinari – Brooks in there and then uh, move on down to the low sevens or sub sevens and then you're looking at uh, that that's a that's a millionaire maker winning lineup if I have ever seen one all right uh, let's move on down I don't want to make this last too long but as I discussed earlier the European names in this field who I think really can compete I included a lot of them on the cheat sheet this week. A couple of my favorites are coming up here. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Eddie Pepperell, Rafa Cabrera-Bayo, and Tyrrell Hatton. 76, 76, 75, and 74. All Lynx experts, I would, I am, I would say experts. Rafa, good history in the open. Fitzpatrick, not so much, but has been really looking good lately. If we're even looking at the last two weeks at the Irish Open and the Scottish Open, they're up there. Rafa, T9 at the Scottish Open. You got Pepper LT43, which was not amazing, but he's there. Fitzpatrick and Hatton. T14 at the Scottish Open. And then you got... There are some names here. I just want to name everyone, but I'm not going to. 
John Rom, John Rom, John Rom, John Rom. Burned Weisberger, Adam Sullivan, Jorge Campillo, Lancasque. I don't know how to say his name. I wish I could. These are some of the guys who I'm really looking at. Andy Sullivan, 7,000. Van Ruyen. Eric Van Ruyen, I am 100% going over-owned, overweight on Eric Van Ruyen. I hope he hasn't kind of broken that barrier into the common knowledge zone yet because I was on him at the RBC and then I was on him again at the U.S. Open. Unfortunately, he finished T43 at the U.S. Open. He was doing much better than that through three days. Had an unfortunate Sunday. I'm back on him. Russell Knox at 7,100. You look at his last five years of the Open. Doesn't look good. Missed, missed the cut three times. But he's another guy that's been out there grinding. And... I think it's an interesting play at 7,100. I think he's capable of as much as someone like a Shane Lowry at 7,900. I think I have to mention Sergio Garcia's 7,800. Um, he hasn't been playing great by any means, but that is cheap. Tony Fino is also 7,800. Throw that in that dart category for me. Uh, T9, T27, T18, open history. I'll take that all day. Moving on down, I'm going to go sub sevens here. Throw some quick darts out and uh, wrap this thing up. I want to avoid these some of these young guys on the PGA Tour that I think some people are going to think, hey, I mean, they've been they've been staples in my lineups all year. Sungjae Im, Joaquin Neiman, even Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise, I you know he's he's done his thing in big tournaments before, but I think I can look past him. I'm gonna I'm gonna disregard most of these people, and just kind of move on. Honestly, like you see Jorge Campillo, you see Lucas Beauregard, you see. Burned Weisberger, who just won in Ireland. And they're all so cheap. You got Kisner at 7,300. I love that play. I always love him in majors. I love him on Lynx courses. Anything that he can just pound the ball with a little draw down the middle, hit greens in regulation. He's going to be in it. He's going to make the cut. And you can just, you have someone to watch. You have someone to hope makes a run on the weekend moving past that um a couple names that i think might go a little high owned but are just wildly underpriced ryan palmer and lucas glover at 6500 that's absurd beyond that jazz janet what to run i don't know how to say that either but his first name is jazz and he is a very good golfer We've seen him, I think it was at the Masters, uh, make a strange little run when nobody know, knew who he was. There are some other guys down here. There's Siwoo Kim. I'm going to steer on clear of that. He has not looked great. David Lipsky, 
6,500. I think he doesn't get enough credit. Andrea Pavone, 6,400. Do yourself a favor and look into some of these European names down here. Look at some, some events over the last six to eight weeks. See who's doing what. Michael Lorenzo Vera, 7,000. These guys can all make the cut and they can all make runs. I 100% guarantee it. But I think I've pretty much given uh, the breakdown of who I'm really, really looking at. I would say if you're going to go chalky up, up top, try to get a little crazy down low. If you're going to get a little crazy up top, there are some great chalky options down low. So just uh, my advice in a millionaire maker or any of these huge GPPs that are out there this week, take one risk or two risks per lineup. Don't feel like you have to fill up that complete salary cap and find that guy that you are fully into here and just stick with it. You got to follow your gut to win something big and go home with a bunch of cash. With that said, thank you for listening. I'm Alex Remazowski. You can follow me on Twitter at Donald Remington. That is Donald Remington. Head over to patreon.com slash lineup logic to sign up for our Slack chat, cheat sheet, every sport, lots of guys. It's normally me and Roto One, Mike Alexander, but he is going to be out for a little while, so it's just me for the moment being. Good luck in the fourth and final major championship of the year, and may the sports be with you.